Hoops Heaven proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle. Ellis fumbled the ball. Two on the shot clock. Goes up a prayer. Yes! As he was falling to the ground. It's a three! He shot it literally from the hip. Definitely a highlight. Here come the Billikens. Four on two. McCall. Ellis. Left corner. We missed out. Bang! From way down under. Cody Ellis. Reddick brings low out away from the best. Stolen away by Cody Ellis. One man to beat. To the hole. He's fouled. Layup. Good. Whistle foul. Held the best. Ellis for the reverse. Oh. Through fingertips. What a move. Ellis drops in a bomb. I love seeing Cody Ellis coming out. Feeling good. Ellis. Cody Ellis. Ellis, pull up jumper! Cody Ellis, bang! Cody Ellis, can he stand and deliver? Cody Ellis! Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Hello and welcome to Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle for another weekend. Boy, Cody, is the race for the playoffs now heating up? We're entering the last month of the season. We've had a lot to talk about once again. A lot of action on the court this week to talk about. Probably less drama off the court and more mm. action on the court, which is which is always good to see. We've seen the top three teams probably announce themselves as, I think, the standouts this season with the Sydney Kings, the New Zealand Breakers, and the Cairns Taipans. And that means that we've still got five other teams racing for those other three spots, which I think is going to continue to be fascinating over the last month of the NBL season. The injuries continue to mount. I don't know what the Illawarra Hawks have done, Cody, but you wouldn't want to be an import with them right no, now because it's unlikely you'll, you'll see out the season if you are. The frustrations continue to build with players and coaches about a lot of things, Cody, which I'll get your thoughts about. And then, as I said, a month ago in the season, we'll hear from Scott Ninnis about what's happening with the Adelaide 36ers and he'll select the Galen winner for, the, for this week. A lot to get through, Cody. How, yeah. how did how did your week go? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Uh, yeah, look, with all these games, it's tough to know when one round starts <laughs> yes. and another, and it finishes. And look, it's it's been really good. There's uh, there's been lots of lots of really good games and good basketball being played. And like you said, I think there is those those three standout teams have, have kind of announced themselves. Yeah, I think so too. So we're here thanks to Hoop Seven once again this week, Cody. Head to hoopseven.com.au to get all of your all of your shopping done. Head in, into the store itself if you're in Perth. On Murray Street, managed to get in there lately, Cody? I haven't, mate. I haven't had time. I've been uh, back at work. So, yeah, the uh, the time to get in there is, is dwindling for me. But, uh, look, I need to get back in there. And I'm sure uh, sure all the teams coming through Perth are still heading in there and, and checking it out. Yeah, I'm sure the New Zealand Breakers might, might be in there right now. Probably. And Jace will be taking care of them. Um, speaking of work, Cody, I noticed your dad on the on the TV the, last week talking to Lockie Reid in his, in his camping shirt. Yep. You managed to get out of the office after getting back there back there last week and being stuck there yes mate yes yes so now nah, look it's uh it's our crazy time of year so yeah into the office into the warehouse helping out and in the in the uh in the stinking heat and um yeah look it's uh it's an interesting time for us but uh always a bit of fun well for anyone that doesn't know obviously your your business is school supplies and yes. it's back to school time right now so that's why it's that's it's your busy hectic, time mate. yes yeah. it is it is what, speaking of school, Chase, what year is he heading into to school? Year five, mate. Wow. It's, uh, yeah, it's wild. He's uh, he's turning ten this year, and yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty crazy to uh, <laughs> to think that. To have a son that's about to enter double figures oh, is that pre- is that pretty scary? Yeah, it's petrifying. <laughs> it is petrifying. So yeah, look, he's uh, he's certainly grown up a lot in these past couple of years, mm. and yeah, to to be turning ten is is uh, is insane and. 
Yeah, I'm, I actually can't believe he is down attendance. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I still remember the, the story Kevin White told us about how he was standing outside the building when he first met him as a baby in, yep. in your arms, and now he's, geez, he's in double figures. Yeah, exactly. Running around, he's almost as, as tall as his mum now. So uh, <laughs> he's in the same shoe size as her, so I'm sure he'll be he'll be hunting for mine next. Uh, um, all right, all right, Cody, let's get on to the basketball talk. Um, what's, what's standing out to you right now? When you think about life in the NBA right now, what's the, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Well, right now is injuries. Mm. It's uh, it's it's kind of frustrating. It's not just one or two teams. It seems to be across the board. Yeah. There's, you know, we, we very rarely see full strength teams. Mm. Um, look, we we saw New Zealand this round with a full strength team for the first yes. time in a while, which was well, first time all season. Yeah, which yeah. is which is really good. Um, that's probably because they had so much time off in mm. between games, yeah. and now they've got a hectic schedule yes. over this, this next week or so. But um, yeah, look, it, it's it's frustrating because we're not getting to see. Full squads against each mm. other. No, it is. It is. Um, we'll get to the Illawarra Hawks as well shortly because what they've gone through has been horrific. But let's start with the top three because yep. what we saw this weekend was the Sydney Kings just continue to, to dominate. Cairns Taipans keep winning without Keanu Pinder mm. and the New Zealand Breakers back in action and got, got a couple of really important wins as well. Um, do you think quite clearly right now that they are the best three teams in the competition? Hands down, I think they're probably the three most consistent as well, mm. um, which is which is always a big thing. Um, and look, right now they're they're probably three of the more healthy teams. Obviously, you got Cairns without yeah. Keanu, yep. um, and hopefully you see him soon. But look, yeah, they're probably probably the three standouts by a long way. I think they got a three game lead on Tassie sitting fourth. Mm. Um, well, they are a fair way ahead. If you look at the table now, Sydney 15 and 5 on top, New Zealand second, 13 and 6, Cairns a third, 14 and 7, and then everyone else is way back. So you've got mm-hmm. the Jack Jumpers 11 and 10, Adelaide 11 and 10, the Phoenix 12 and 11, and then Perth 11 and 10, Melbourne 11 and 12. So with only, you know, either nine, seven and eight games to go for those top three teams, you wouldn't think they're going to lose enough games to lose those top three spots. No, you wouldn't think so, and especially the way they're playing. Hmm. They're, they're all starting to click at the right time of the year. Um, I mean, Sydney and New Zealand have really been standouts all season, but uh, even Cairns getting it done without Keanu for yep. these past uh, yep. three games has, has been unreal. And, yeah, look, they have. They've separated themselves from the pack, and, and I'm sure uh, I'm sure Cairns will be doing all they can to, to sneak into that top two because hmm. that's... Uh, that's where you need to be at the end of well, the season. Well, yeah, that guarantees you a semi-final spot. If you, even if you finish third right now, you still might not even make the semi-finals, yep. which, is, which is fascinating. Um, the Sydney Kings, they look unstoppable right now. I mean, mm-hmm. 106 points they've been putting up over the last four games. Again, they just looked a class above the Wildcats mm-hmm. on, on Saturday in that, in that big win. And then we go back to, to Wednesday night and they dominated the Phoenix. They put up 118 yep. points. DJ Vasilovic out of his scoring slump, <laughs> 10 three-pointers yeah. and... When he was going to break out of his stomp, he was always going to do it in spectacular fashion. Um, they are just an offensive juggernaut, but at the same time, they're tough to score against up the other yeah. end. Well, and that's part of why they're so good offensively is because they get stops and yep. they run. Yep. They're, they're so good in transition. Anyone on that team can get the board and push it, mm. right? Um, you've, you've even seen Suarez do yep. it a few times, yep. you know, get that rebound and just punch it up the floor. And that's, that's tough to guard, especially if you're a five-man, mm. trying to rebound and then having a guard Another mm-hmm. five man up the court. That's that's tough to do. It's something you're not used to. Mm. But no, look, they they are the standout team right now. Um, you know, it, they won a few games early on the buzzer and mm-hmm. a couple that they could have could have lost, and that would have brought them back to the pack a little mm. bit. But I mean, lately they've just been so dominant and just look like really that they're fairly unbeatable. Yeah. 
What did you make of that performance by by DJ Vasilovic oh, with his, his 10 threes? And um, at the end of the game, they brought him back in to mm-hmm. just get that t- 10th three-pointer and they got it. Um, I don't think the Phoenix were too happy with themselves for letting him get it. And yeah. Mitch Craig talked about afterwards how he wishes that they did anything they could to stop him, even if they had to karate kick him to stop him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 10 three-pointers, like I said, if he was going to break out of his shooting slump, he was going to do it in that sort of fashion. Oh, he certainly was. And it was uh, it was wicked to watch. Mm. It was uh, a very impressive display. And it wasn't just his shooting and his scoring that was really good. Mm. I think he had five or six yeah. assists as well on top of that. And just... Because he'd hit a few, all of a sudden the defense has to mm-hmm. play him tighter. So, you know, those passing lanes open. And when he comes off screens, you know, that shows there a bit more. Mm-hmm. And just finding finding his bigs rolling down the middle mm-hmm. um, was really good. And, yeah, look, I've been part of a game, uh, Chris Goulding's yes. 50-point game, <laughs> where we said we're not letting him get 50 and mm-hmm. it happens anyway, you yep, know. Yep. You get onto those, <laughs> you get into those grooves and it just it, it happens for you. Yeah. Um, I'm not actually sure why Chase brought him out for that no, couple of minutes. No, I'm either. not sure if you realised. He might not have known he was yeah. on the nine. Yeah, yeah. and look, at that point, you know, I, I'm sure there was a few people rubbed the wrong way that he got put back in and stuff like that. But, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, if you can say that you've dropped 40 and yeah. dropped 10 threes in, in an NBL game, that's uh, fairly impressive on the resume. No, I, I think that's just basketball, yeah. isn't it? I mean, yeah. we see it all the time in the, in, in the NBA oh, yeah. especially. Um, it's a historic thing as well. He's the first Sydney player to do it in a 40-minute game, and mm. he's only the third player behind Jermaine Beale and Bryce Cotton to do it in a 40-minute yeah. game as well. It's it's pretty rare. It is. It is rare, and it's a very impressive feat. Mm. Um, but, you know, if, if there was one guy that could do that, I think DJ is certainly yes. up the top of that list. What else makes the Kings stand out? Is it is it as simple as saying that Xavier Cooks is the best player in the league and everything works around him because of everything he does, or are they also the deepest team in the league? Oh, they are. They are. And you see the guys come off the bench and they play like they are starters. Mm. Um, just the confidence throughout the whole group, I yeah. think, is a big thing for them. And, and that's look, a great point. They're second five. They, they see no drop-off yeah. when they go to that. No, not at all. Not at all. And you've seen guys in that second unit that have started for other teams yep. and even started for this Kings team before. Mm. Um, look, Zave, I think, right now is far and away the best player in the league, um, just all round. Uh, and they, they do. They revolve around him a lot, mm. um, and he just makes them tick. Mm. But, uh, I mean, like you said, you, know, you, you really don't see a drop-off when mm. they sub. Um and the confidence of guys like Quatnoy and mm. Angus Glover and Sean Bruce coming yeah. off the bench just spark them. And, you know, it's one of those things that when you sub, you almost expect that little bit of a dip, but they almost increase the energy. Sure. And it's, uh, it, it's yeah, it, it's very impressive. The Cairns type fans are impressive as well now. Mm-hmm. So I think they would have been nervous about this week, knowing that they were without Keanu Pinder and they had four games in eight days. But yeah. they come up with four wins from those games and they dominated the Brisbane Bullets. They made the Bullets look... Pretty horrible, which yeah. is a, a story for the boards. But the, the Taipans could only play against their opponents and they completely dominated it. And then they pretty much controlled the game against the mm-hmm. Phoenix as well yep. in, in Cairns on, on Sunday. Um, to do that without your best player, we've seen Sydney struggle without Xavier Cooks. Yep. I mean, how impressive is it from the Taipans? And even against the Bullers, they did it without Adam Ford. Yeah, well, they've been really good. And I think it all rides off the back of Shannon Scott. Mm. I think his play has been unbelievable since Keanu's been out. Just his aggressiveness, yeah. and I think so. With Keanu out, averaging eighteen and ten, yeah. that's a big hole to fill, and he's basically single-handedly mm. um, filled the scoring hole right there, which is which is awesome. And that's something that I think needs to happen, even when Keanu slots back in. Mm. They've just done it by committee, though. You yeah. know, I think 
Tajir McCall stepped his game up a little bit. Mm. You know, he's been that kind of annoying guy for other teams <laughs> and it seems everyone who comes up against him wants to throw a haymaker yeah. again against him because he, he is. He's, he's getting in there. He's, he's doing what Ford he wants him to do. Mm. He, he's being that little naggy kind of thorn in your side mm. and it gets in players' heads. Yep. You know, it gets in players' heads the way he – even he, the way he posts up on offense. You know, yeah. he's, he spins and he's – throwing his body around and falling over and doing all that and getting calls mm. and, and, and doing doing what he does. And you know, teams are getting frustrated with that. And it's he does it against the big guys too. He I does. mean, he yeah. did, against Adelaide, he got in the head of Robert Franks. Against That's Brisbane, right. he got right in the head of Aaron Baines. And even against, you know, Mitch Craig and Alan Williams, he's he, he gets in there. And, I mean, the charges he takes might be frustrating, but... It takes the opposition teams out of their out of their game. It sure does. It sure does. And again, like that's what Forty wants him to do. Mm. I'm, I'm sure. You know, he, that's and that's what he does best. Mm. You know, that's that's why he's he's so tough. Um, look, if he can stop thinking he's a three point shooter and, <laughs> yes. and attack the rim more, I think he could uh, he could be even more uh, efficient and effective. Yep. Um, but then he hits one like he did on halftime, and all of a sudden, I think he rem- yeah. he thinks he's a three point shooter yeah, once yeah. again. Well, I mean, he hit one earlier at the end of a shot clock. I yep. think it was four or five plays before that, mm. and then that one feels feels <laughs> a lot better. You know, yes. it feels a lot better when you you shoot your second one after yep. it's gone in. So no, look, I think again they're doing it by committee. You know, I think Wardenberg's been yes. really good for them, and then you know I've I've said it multiple times, but DJ Hogue probably one of my mm. favorite players this for season sure. to watch. Just just loves the moment and yeah. is always up for it. And then you see Bull Qual, you know, just, just being his defensive self yeah. and being that aggressive um, defender. He's been in foul trouble a couple of times his yeah. past few games, but look, I, I, he hasn't taken a step backwards. Which I, is I, I think he, his importance doesn't show out to the outside because he doesn't have the standout numbers. No. But I, I think in Forty's mind, he's probably his most important player. Mm-hmm. That's why he plays yeah. probably the most minutes on that team. Oh, for sure. He's, he's always got that defensive assignment, mm-hmm. the, the best offensive player on, mm-hmm. on the other team. And he, he always does a really good job. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, look, I think that he he's been he's been really good for them and really really important. And yep. obviously, you know, the, the people that really understand basketball will see that. Mm. Um, and you know that that's kind of the frustrating thing about basketball as well <laughs> is just the the general fans don't understand that side of mm. it um, because it doesn't get hyped up. It doesn't mm-hmm. show on the highlights. Sure. You know, it doesn't really get talked about. But it's such an important part of the mm. game. Absolutely, New Zealand Breakers. They're not the flashiest team, so they might not have the most highlights across the league, but they could be the best team behind the Sydney Kings as well. Mm -hmm. And so when they went to Adelaide on on Sunday, they they had a full roster available for the first time all season. It's remarkable that a team sitting second on the table and finally they they had everyone available. So Will McDowell-White back into the lineup. I still... from talking to him post-match, his finger's nowhere near 100% right, but he was desperate to play, so full credit to him for getting back out there. Obviously, we saw Rayan Rupert make a pretty spectacular return a few days earlier in the win against the Wildcats. Rob Lowe back into the lineup as well, so full roster and really impressive. So they got the job done at home against the the Wildcats, and then in front of another record crowd in Adelaide, it was only a two-point win in the end, Mm. but I feel like they they controlled that match against the 36ers pretty much the whole way, so massive week for the Breakers. It continues to get bigger because they've got three three games in five days to yeah. come as well. But how important is it for them to have everyone available? But just thinking about them, they're almost starting their season now yeah. with everyone available and they're doing it with a 13-6 and six start. Yeah, that's uh, fairly handy, isn't mm. it? You know, I, I think that, um, again, they're, they're doing it by committee. You know, mm. everyone's just been um, such an important role. Um, mm. Even the young guys coming in mm-hmm. um, every now and then. Um Having Will McDowell-White in there just kind of settles them a bit. I mm. think he's 
he kind of has the keys as as we heard at the start of the season and he runs that show mm. um, and he, he does it so well didn't really affect him um, no. his, his finger didn't really no. affect him in the game so which is which is good to see and hopefully you know it can stay that way um, but you, you're right look they I think the fact that they've got a full roster now with three games in five days mm. is um, yeah is, is huge because mm. they play well, they play here. Yeah, they play in Perth on Tuesday. Then it's not even a true home game on Thursday. They play in Christchurch against Melbourne on yeah. on Thursday, and then Sunday they play host to the Taipans back back home in Auckland. Yeah. So I mean, look, they're going to have to play here in Perth. Mm. They're going to have to catch a red eye to Melbourne, mm-hmm. and then play the next day, yeah. and then have to catch a flight home. And it's it's uh, it's a crazy schedule. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously, it sucks because they had COVID and yeah. they've got to catch up. Mm-hmm. But Look, it, it's uh, it's a good time to have your full roster because mm. I think some of those young guys that haven't played a whole lot of minutes mm. are going to play some important minutes over yeah. these next few games. No, for, for sure. They're a lot of fun to watch too. I mean, they, they just are. seem to play basketball the right way. And, and I th- uh, yeah, full credit to them for overcoming what they have. Um, a team that hasn't been able to overcome what they've been through is the Illawarra Hawks, but boy, do they have a good reason. Yeah. I can't think of a team that's ever lost four players in one season, four imports, to season-ending injuries. Yeah. So it started the very first game of the season when they lost Justin Robinson. George King ended up, you know, I think it was a combination of form and Andy's and uh, body, really, that yeah. saw him end up leaving. But then Peyton Seaver came in, and now he's now had his season finished, as we talked about last week, with his shoulder. And Michael Frazier's been fantastic since yeah, coming in. 18 points a game, basically. But he, he just copped a knock to his forearm. Didn't look like much at all, no. but... Doesn't take much to break a bone in the in the arm sometimes. No, so he's now broken his arm and his season's done. How can you not feel for them? Oh, it's it sucks to see. It really does. And you, you saw the look on his face when the camera panned yeah. to him towards the end of the game. Yeah. He just looked absolutely distraught. Mm. Um, I believe he's had issues with that arm before. I think so. I think I, were, yeah, John Casey was talking about how he's got had a plate in that plate arm in it, already. Yeah. yeah. So look, that's that's no good. That sucks. You know, you, you never want to see injuries, but. I mean, the Hawks losing four imports in one season <laughs> yeah. is just unheard of. Mm. And you, you do, you got to feel for them. But look, I hope out of this, the young guys get to play a lot more because mm. I, I think they, they need to now. Yep. There, there's no point in bringing someone in. Oh, you can't. And you no. wouldn't. So, yeah. The, the great thing that they're doing, though, is they keep fighting. Yeah. I mean, they could easily turn up the, turn, turn it up and just say that this season's too hard mm. right now and do what the Brisbane Bullets are doing. But they're, but they're not. And, I mean, full credit to them. And I, I feel for them, not only for the injuries, but they keep getting so close. Mm-hmm. Again, they're in a winning position against yeah. the 36ers on, on Friday night. Um, they had that game won pretty much with four minutes to go, but then Antonius Cleveland turned up and snatched it from okay. them. But there legitimately probably is five or six games that they could have and should have won. Mm-hmm. How much credit do you give them for everything they're going through to just keep fighting? Oh, lots of credit. It's, it's, it's really good to see because, you know, like you said, they're, they're not giving up. They're they're fighting. They're they're doing all they can. They can they can play that upsetting team and yeah. and uh, could potentially knock a couple teams out of out of their finals. I thought they were going to do that to yeah. Adelaide on yeah. Friday because that would have that would have knocked Adelaide would've. back out of the top six. Yep. But yeah, they found a way to sneak in. They did. They did. And look, it sucks. I mean, two and eighteen. That's mm. not what you want. But uh, they're not a two and eighteen team, not, are they? Not at all. Not at all. They're they're a lot better than that. They're just can't seem to finish a game mm. and look i mean they've had so many guys in and out and imports coming in and imports going back home mm. and new guys coming in and it, it's been all over the place for them this season and you you do you really feel for them mm. because uh yeah it's you don't ever want a season like that in terms of the imports do you think any of them come back next season so tyler harvey's still locked in but i i wouldn't be surprised if 
I think they really like Justin Robinson. So if he can get himself healthy, I think they'll be open to bringing him in and seeing what that explosive backcourt can look like with him and Tyler Harvey. But the way Michael Frazier settled into this group, I wouldn't be surprised if their three imports next season are Harvey, Robinson and Frazier. Yeah, no, that wouldn't surprise me either. I mean, look, I I still think they need another big Mm. to help rolling out, but I think the way they've recruited in the past couple of years, you've seen basically guards as their imports. Yep. So, and look, all, all, all three of those guys would be very good and very mm. handy to have. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that, that wouldn't surprise me. That wouldn't surprise me. Hopefully they can all get fit and healthy mm. and, uh, I mean, they'll be they'll be dangerous next year if that's yeah. the case. Yeah, I think so. I, I would like that. But, again, it probably depends on if they can find a high-quality local big mm-hmm. to then help out Froling. But yeah. if they can, um, I would, I'd be more than happy to go with those three. Um, like I t- touched on, I commend the Hawks for the fight they're showing, but it's not happening at the Brisbane Bullets now. Um, when they initially made the coaching changes, we saw some good signs, but we're not seeing much of that at all right now. Um, they put in a, a pretty horrible performance against the Taipans, and there was a Taipans team that didn't have a coach and didn't have their best player, yep. and they still got completely blown out of the water. I think they were down by 32 at one point, lost by 26 on their home court. Um, they're starters, Cody, um, and that that includes Nathan Sobey, Aaron Baines, two Olympians, Jason Kadee, a veteran of the league, and it includes Tanner Krebs and an import, Andrew White. So that's the starting five. They combined in a whole game, Cody. 23 points. They shot 9 of 31, had 13 rebounds between five players and 10 turnovers. How does that happen? Yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. And like you mentioned, we we did see some good signs. We saw Mm. some fight. We saw them look like they were having some fun playing again Mm. uh, once, once Vandy got appointed head coach. Mm-hmm. They were playing free, they were playing loose, and um, they, they did. They looked all right. They mm-hmm. looked good. Sobes looked like he was getting back into his form. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, look, this this game was – it didn't look like anyone wanted to play. It was um, Except for Tyler except Johnson. Except for Tyler Johnson, yeah. who ended up with 32. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, it, it got to, I think, just before halftime, and I hadn't noticed Sobe at all. Like, mm-hmm. he wasn't aggressive. No. He didn't look like he wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether that was, you know, they had someone just in his pocket all game and he just couldn't shake mm. them loose. Or, I think Bull, I think Bull Coyle did a great job. Yeah. But at the oh, same time, yeah. Sobe can't be going two points, one of five shooting. No, no. And the fact that he only shot five shots, mm. that's that's not the Sobe that we mm. know. So, look, it's it's interesting. There, it, it, it is tough to get up for games like this now, mm. like with your season done and dusted this early and – with everything that's going on with that club, um, it, it is tough to get up. But I think that you still want to finish out the season. Mm. I mean, they still got a really good crowd there. Yeah, they they, did, they yeah. sound like they're loud and mm. and all for it. So I think this season's crowds for Brisbane games are the best ever since they've been back into the league. Yeah. Their team just isn't giving them much to cheer no, about. No, no. So, look, hopefully that they can finish the season out strong and, and um, start performing for the crowd so that they can come back next year and mm. with, with a bit of a better taste in their mouth. We talked about Tyler Johnson last week and how he talked about how much he cared and how, yeah. how focused he was on finishing, finishing the season strongly. He then backed up his talk and put yes. in a really strong performance. So how does somebody who... Isn't here to play for the money. He doesn't need. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need to play basketball for the money at this point in his life. He's doing it because he just wants to play basketball and he yep. and he cares. So how does he come out and be the only only guy out of the main main group that played mm. who showed that he ca- that he actually cared? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. That's yeah. That's probably a different conversation for uh, <laughs> mm. for the internal group there. But mm. uh, yeah, look, I think he he led perfectly by example mm. and and showed that 
there's at least some fight in some of them. Mm. And I think, uh, look, I, I think that they'll turn it around. I think they'll come out and, and show a bit more heart this, this week. Because, um, mm. yeah, it, it was really odd to see their whole team like that, apart mm. from one player. Yeah. Um, Cody Statman actually had a little nice little yeah, cameo at the end as well, which is good to see. And I know the, the second happiest person in the country to see that would have been Alex Loughton. Yeah. Big, big fan of Cody. Big fan, yeah. big fan of Cody is, is Lowe's. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that no bigger challenge for them than against the Sydney Kings either. So they have no choice but to turn up and fight or mm-hmm. probably lose by 50. Yeah, so. well, yeah, exactly. So, look, I, I think I think at this point too, Vandy needs to start playing those young guys more. Yep. You know, if, if some of these starters aren't pulling their weight, mm. um, you know, we, we saw it happen last year, at the end of last year with mm. Brisbane, where, yeah. you know, some of their guys just gave up. Well, they didn't even show up. We refused to play yeah. the last game of the season. Yeah, yeah. and, you know... <laughs> Why not give the young guys yep. a, a chance? Yeah, so. I think we'll see a lot more of Statman. We'll see a lot more of, of Harrison down the stretch. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I think Krebs deserves to be playing a lot yep. more minutes as well. We'll see a lot more of Gak. Um, I would I would love to see a lot more of Froling than we're mm-hmm. seeing right now, but I guess he's stuck behind behind Gak and, and Baines and Harrison, mm-hmm. so it's a little bit tough. But I'd almost be tempted to think that there's not a lot of point playing Andrew White too much going forward. And, and I guess with Baines and Soapy, it just depends on how how their bodies are feeling. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. And after not playing for so long, I think those two now towards the end of a season are probably starting to feel it a bit. Mm. Um, so, yeah, look, it wouldn't surprise me if they started to play a few less minutes mm. um, just to to make sure that their bodies are, are all right moving forward. Now, what we did see was the first glimpse of Ty Webster playing for the Perth Wildcats yeah. on Saturday, Cody. Um, he had a hot start too. Nine <laughs> points in the, in the yeah. first few minutes of the game. Um, he didn't score again the rest of the night, but I don't necessarily think that was his because he did too much wrong. He, mm. he he didn't you know shoot outlandishly or anything. He just didn't didn't. There's not a lot of looks there when he's got his brother and Bryce there as well. Yeah. Um, so they didn't play well as a team. Obviously, they lost to the Sydney Kings by 21. Never really in the game. Um, the Kings are going to do that to a lot of teams. Yeah. So without Luke Travers there, it meant that they. They went with that starting five that I asked we you about last week that yeah. you didn't think we would see too much of, and we probably won't when Travers is there. Yeah. But they went with the two Websters, they went with Cotton, they went with Manic, and they went with Tayshawn Thomas. Um, to me, the biggest problem was that Brady Manic was completely dominated by Xavier, Xavier Cooks, Cooks, especially to start the game. Oh, yeah. And look, Zave does that to most people yes. around the league. But uh, look, you saw Thomas on him a bit, and he actually held his own. Mm. Um, and again, like I mentioned last week, that bit of physicality uh, mm. against him yep. seemed to work a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's obviously hard when he's already feeling good and mm. up and about. But, uh, yeah, look, the interesting five, certainly not a defensive-minded five, <laughs> no. and giving up 60 points in the first half will mm-hmm. uh, kind of yep. proves that a bit, I think. But, no, look, I think Ty looked good. I, I don't think he tried to just take over the game. No. Um, he, he came in and, and kind of played that role um, as that point guard and facilitator as well. I mean, had those quick nine points. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone would have heard uh, DJ Vasiljevic say uh, that Ty and will be catching yeah, Zave yes, on the uh, cheeseburger oh, yes, give-outs yes, this year, and yes. lo and behold, he, he gave away <laughs> cheesies in his first game. So yeah, look, I, I think I think you'll fit in all right. I think mm. if he can just continue to play his role mm. and not be that guy that's going to go out and give like shoot twenty five shots yeah. because there's not that many shots to mm. go around mm. with with his brother and Bryce. Mm. And I still think Bryce needs to be the focal point of yep. that team, yep. even with how well Corey's playing. And look, I, I, I do think he'll fit in all right, but mm. it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see what lineups mm. uh, are shown and, and played. And Does Travis come back and start when he's healthy? 
Oh, I think he should. Mm. Yeah, I think he should. Mm. Um, but then you, you know, who do you, who do you bring off the bench? You, you probably bring Ty it has off to the be bench. Ty, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Then again, maybe it's maybe it's Cook. Well, <laughs> if it's Corey, then all of a sudden maybe you don't get much out of Corey like we saw no. in the first half of the season because he seems like he needs to be a starter. But yeah. I don't know. Do you need a genuine point guard or can can Bryce start as your point guard? Oh, look, I mean, LT can bring the ball up the floor yeah. and. Yeah. Corey can bring the ball up the floor. No, I think sure. I think Corey's earned his, his starting spot. Mm. I think the way he's played in the past probably month now, he's certainly earned his starting spot. So I would. He, he had another good game on yeah. on Saturday. Yeah, as well, he did. Yeah. He just he, he makes big shots when when they need him, and um, you know because they're throwing that that best defender at Bryce. Mm. You know Corey's got probably that second or third best defender, and his eyes light up yep. because he's usually got that guy <laughs> sitting in his pocket. Yeah. So um, no, look, he's been good. So look, I, I think he probably. Bring Ty off. Yeah, I think so too. He gives you that bit of a scoring punch when either Bryce or or his brother needs a rest, but also a ball handler too mm. and someone that can create. So, all right, Cody, before we get to Scott Ninnis for the, the going award this week and to get his thoughts on what's going on in Adelaide after an interesting weekend for the 36ers with a with a win and a loss and, and breaking the record in the Adelaide mm. Entertainment Centre virtually every day. So we, we'll get Scott's thoughts on all of that. But before we do, round 14's results. So it started back on Wednesday night. With a double header, the New Zealand Breakers beating the Perth Wildcats 97-94. Then the Sydney Kings <laughs> with DJ Vasilovic's 42 points. They put up the biggest score of the season, 118 against the South East Melbourne Phoenix, 102. Then the Cairns Taipans, as we talked about, against the Brisbane Bullets, 107-81. And on Friday, the Adelaide 36 is the great escape. I might get your thoughts on that before we get to Scott. Um, Cody, over the Illawarra Hawks, 103-95. Melbourne United kept their season alive. Beat the Tasmania Jack Jumpers 92 to 85, and the Sydney Kings, as we discussed, 108 87 over the Perth Wildcats. New Zealand Breakers 85 to 83 against the 36ers, and the Cairns Taipans 94 to 85 against the Phoenix. Unless there's something else that stands out, Cody, I want to get your thoughts on Adelaide's great escape. Mm-hmm. And have you ever seen a better individual performance in the last five minutes of a game than what Antonius Cleveland delivered at both ends of the floor? I mean, he's just, he's been doing it for the past couple of rounds now, yeah. and. Look, he, he did it again the other night. Yeah, he almost um, did it against it, New Zealand. Too, well, yeah. that's in a in a loss, yeah. and I honestly thought that he would single handedly bring them back into it again, mm. and and he did. They just couldn't finish yep. it that one. But he has been so good in the fourth quarters, especially the last five minutes of mm. fourth quarters, mm. um, for a few rounds now. And that Brisbane game stands out too. That what he did against yeah. against Sobey, just diving on the floor, getting the ball off the rim and pushing it, going mm. coast to coast and yep. dunking on people. <laughs> yeah. And just his defense, defensive intensity mm-hmm. has been unbelievable and something that Adelaide's needed. Mm. And he's just been a spark for him. And I think that moving forward, he, he needs to do that probably more often. Mm. I mean, to, to, to leave it to the last five minutes <laughs> and, and just single-handedly win games for, team, mm. for mm. your team is, is, is fairly impressive. But yeah. um, oh, he's, he's been just so good for them. And, you know, you almost tick down to the last five minutes. You're mm-hmm. like, all right, Cleveland time. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's, uh, let's, let's see what he can do now. All right, we're about to get to Scott. Would you be surprised if anyone but Cleveland is his winner of the Galen Award for this week? Oh, it would have to be, right? <laughs> I think so. I mean, uh, this is what the Galen Award is is made for, for, for performances like that, even though they didn't quite win both games. But all right, Cody, let's take a deep breath and we'll hear from Scott and then we'll come back. Sounds good. Okay, I'm now back with the 
Adelaide 36ers Hall of Famer, the only man involved with every Adelaide 36ers championship, Scott. Record crowds at the Entertainment Centre right now, virtually every single game. Uh, is basketball in a pretty good place in Adelaide right now? Yes, it's been astonishing, mate. It's, mm. um, you know, three straight sellouts uh, at this time of the year when traditionally there's there's people away and uh, on the holidays. It's just been amazing. It's been, uh, I think it was over 9,300, mm. uh, you know, this last game against the Breakers. And it, it's really exciting to see, you know, see the job that the club's doing, you know, off the court to be able to get, uh, you know, bums on seats uh, at this time of the year. It is. It's, it's really exciting. We're just... Uh, just be nice to have some consistency <laughs> on the on the court and get a get a few more wins. But it's uh, look, it has been great. The atmosphere has been fantastic, and the, and the crowd's really been a huge part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, two pretty eventful games as well on the weekend. We always knew that they were going to be crucial games, and I want to start with the game against the Hawks because, gee, I mean, you have to feel for Illawarra. They lost Michael Fraser again to to injury, so they were down to one import. But they had that game one with four minutes to go until. Antonio's Cleveland took over. I mean, what were your emotions like going through that game on Friday night? Oh, I think it was the same as everyone. Four <laughs> minutes to go, we, we were cooked. Mm. Like, like we, we were done and eight points down, and it, it didn't look like there was any way coming back. And, and what ensued over those next couple of minutes was, was just <laughs> astonishing. Mm. And, you know, Cleveland was, you know, throwing himself on the ground and just, yeah, it was so exciting to watch and go on that 17 zero run. You know, completely the opposite of what happened to us on New Year's Eve, yes. and it was you did you felt you know well I didn't feel that sorry for Illawarra because <laughs> we got the win, but uh, you, you know I, what you're saying is correct, mate. It was you know they're under man and and they put up a great effort, but um, you know they looked like a team that you know sort of forgotten how to win, and I've mm. been involved with teams like that. Um, but yeah, look, it was it was really exciting to, to see that comeback. Um, I did say after the game when we when we spoke in the sponsors' room that uh, you, you know they wouldn't want to give up. You know, let a team have a seventy five points at three quarter time and shooting over fifty percent from the field in the three point line and expect to win too many of those games. So I think. Uh, you know, the endeavour against New Zealand was a bit better defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, unfortunately, we weren't able to get the chockies in that one. Yeah, well, what were your thoughts on Sunday? Because I I feel like the two-point margin at the end probably flattered Adelaide a little bit. I, just watching on, I felt like New Zealand was in control of the game most of the way. But, you know, obviously the 36ers had a big finish. But, um, yeah, I mean, what, what did you make of it? Oh, I think so. I think, uh, you know, New Zealand could have felt justifiably slighted if they, if they had lost <laughs> that game after being in control for most of it. And, and let's be honest, we probably got the shot that we that we wanted. You know, Ian Clark was brought in as a, you know, as a guy to make the big plays and, and be a closer. And, you know, he got a really good look at a, at a three-point shot. So um, you can't ask him much more than that. Um, look, I, I thought it was, it was, we were so loose with the ball. You know, 23 turnovers was, is just way, way too many. And, it, you know, it started from the, you know, started from the centre tap, yeah. you know, uh, it dribbling through the ball straight back in the backcourt of Mitch McCarron. It's like, what are we, you know, mm-hmm. what are we doing? And and to have six turnovers in that first quarter was was a worry. Um, you know, we were just we were loose with the ball, and and I didn't mind our 
our defense. So mm-hmm. I thought, you know, we, we were, you know, the, the, the bigs were showing recovering. I thought, you know, Daniel Johnson, who gets, you know, gets maligned for his defense, was, was at least having a crack. And, and I, I thought we, you know, if we could just tighten up, yeah, you know, uh, usage of the ball. I thought we were going to be okay, mm-hmm. uh, but it just never really happened. You know, we just kept turning the ball over, you, you know, throughout the course of the game. I, I was really happy to see, you know, Kai Soto, you know, play the way he did. I yes. thought that was sort of, a, um, you know, almost a breakout game for him, and you can see him growing with confidence um, all, all the time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, we didn't have a lot of guys that played particularly well um, and, and we still managed to take, you know, a team like New Zealand to two points. So, look, bitterly disappointing. You know, we, we, you know, we just have to win games at home and we, we've been banging on about it the whole season. But, uh, you know, this next week's going to, we'll, we'll sort us out. Mm. You know, it's Tassie, then, then Perth, then Brisbane all on the road. Yeah. Um, I don't mind that. I, I think, you know, we have guys who probably play better on the road and, um, you know, have an opportunity to sort of get away and be together as a group. And, and you know, it's it, the good thing is the fate's in our own hands. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we get on a streak and start winning games and, and you know, we, we still, you know, haven't really played incredible basketball. It was mm-hmm. short in patches, but uh, I still think the upside of this team is, is uh, there's so much improvement that can be made and, and could be a pretty good end of the season for us. No, totally agree. Um, I spoke to Cody about this earlier in the show, but I want to get your thoughts too. So we probably feel like the top three looks like they're locked away. They've got a three-game break on the rest now, but we've still got the the other five teams now battling for those other three spots in the in the top six. Who ends up making it over this last month? Or who misses out, Scott? So we've got the Jack Jumpers, the 36ers, the Phoenix, the Wildcats, United. I mean, there's not much between them. I mean, Tasmania's fourth, 11 and 10. Melbourne is the last one there at 11 and 12. They're all so close. Who misses out in the end? Yes, <laughs> your guess is probably as yeah. good as mine. I think it's probably... I, I, I think United have dug themselves a hole. I mean, they, they, they played better the you know the other day mm. but you know they've still got a lot of guys missing and uh you know you become reliant upon you know the, the guys at golding and, and, and newly and, and veteran guys mm. who shouldn't be asked to carry the load now you know it's, yeah. it's uh, um so i i, I think I, I still think they'll, they'll struggle to make it and uh I hate to say it too, but I think I think the Wildcats might struggle to make it. Mm. I just I just oh, I'm sure you yeah, it's, it's just <laughs> it's just uh, you know it's, it's, it's tricky. Yeah, obviously I'm I'm assuming that uh, you know the 36ers win enough games mm-hmm. to get you know at least, at least into the plane, but it's going to be really interesting. Like you said, you look how look at the top three. Well, they you know they haven't lost enough games. Yeah, they're, 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 all three of them are going to going to get through um, unless something diabolical happens. But you know those next five teams, it is uh, you know we play United twice. You know we play Perth, we play the Jack Jumpers. It's uh, uh, so once again the fate probably still in everybody's hands so you know they it, it's exciting that you know you come to a season that's this even and you've got so many teams that have a chance to make the playoffs so it's uh yeah it's going to be a very exciting few weeks no it sure will be um all right so scott we, we've got to pick our galen winner the best team in the nbl for this week thanks to our friends at sports card world and to be totally honest i've only got one candidate to throw at you this week and i know that his team went one and one and i I try not to make this a 36ers segment as much as I can, but can we go past Antonio's Cleveland this week for what he did in that game against the Jack Jumbers and almost did it again against the Breakers? Yeah, I, I think so. I think he's, uh, you, you know, I know the, 
I know that Robert Franks was the club's player of the game. I, I yeah, I'm not so sure that that, mm. that would have been my my pick on it. But I think Cleveland, you, you know, is going to has the ability to take this team a long way. I mean, it, you know, that energy is infectious, and you know, when you got a guy, you know, it's a, Jamie Perlman got interviewed after the game. We talked about that four minutes, and he yeah. said, you know, all, all we got to do is bottle that for forty minutes, and <laughs> yeah. I I disagree. I said. You can't possibly play no, at that level for 40 no. minutes. Uh, yeah, Cleveland would be in a wheelchair if he did. <laughs> but uh, but it, I, I understand what he's saying. And, and you know, to, to to lift the energy and play like that, you know, we need other people coming along for the ride. And I, like I said, you see it. You see it in spurts. Um, and, and we just need to be able to bottle that for longer periods of the game. And, uh, and good things will happen. But... Um, yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting, uh, you know, these three games in eight days to, to see, you know, we'll have a much clearer idea, I think, uh, of, of where the 36 is going to finish after that uh, little little uh, run. I just don't think there's another player in the league that can do what he can do and influence the game in so many ways when he wants to, like he did in that, in that stretch. He just wasn't going to let the 36ers lose. And when he turns up the heat defensively and, and he's playing physical and playing with the intensity he does... The opposition just can't get the, get into their offense. He turns the ball over, and once he's in the open floor, he's unstoppable. But he just—it's almost like he puts on a Superman cape and he just wills his team to a victory. It's it's quite remarkable. Yeah, some of the stuff he does defensively reminds me of uh, when we had Daniel Me, yeah. and and you know, they're just they're just never beaten. You know, mm-hmm. even even if even if you know their man gets past them, they're so long and so athletic that they're still a bit. You know, they can be behind the guy and still influenced by knocking the ball loose or getting a block shot over, you know, over arms and, uh, you know, just, just super to watch someone when they're at that level just, uh, you, know, you know, be able to dominate a game defensively. It's it's, it's exciting to see and, um, um, yeah, he's uh, he, he's a ripper. He's, mm. uh, he's really exciting to watch and I'm glad he's uh, in 36 of colours. <laughs> the thing that stands out is that he cares so much. I mean, he just doesn't want to be part of a loss. He doesn't want to let his team lose. You get, you get imports sometimes that just care about catching their paycheck and getting their own points, but he genuinely cares about his team winning or losing, which is, I mean, it, it sounds silly to say, but it's it's pretty infectious. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and you're right. You know, we, we, we've seen a lot of selfish imports over the years, but he, he's just trying to do whatever it does to, take, to, to help, you know, keep the, you know, get the, get the wins on the board. And, uh, I, I still would love to see us run more because I, I think he's, he's just incredible in the open court. And, and I think we've got, you know, guys that, that can get up and down and, and, you know, get those easy baskets in transition. Obviously, you know, that means your defense needs to be on, on point. But, uh, you know, when we run, we, uh, we look really good. So, uh, and Cleveland's obviously a big part of that. All right, Scott. So well done to Antonius Cleveland once again. I think I think we're we're learning that it's probably between Cleveland and and Cooks maybe for this award. But we'll we'll keep going over the last month and see who keeps standing out. But before I let you go, these are two massive road games over the, over this week, and then obviously to Brisbane as well. But starting with the Jack Jumpers on Thursday, then the Wildcats on Saturday. Pretty much season defining games on the road, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. You know, especially when you're talking about teams that are, you know, need the wins as well. I, I, you know, I think we'll beat the Jack Jumpers. I, mm-hmm. And I don't, I'm basing that on absolutely nothing <laughs> after watching watching this team all season because you're never really sure what you're going to get. Mm. But I, I just think you have to match them for intensity. There's, there's no question about that. Um, you know, they play so hard. They're, they're never out of a game. You know, they, they can come back from, from any, any deficit. But I, 
I just, I just feel that we should have, you know, enough talent to to, to beat them, you know. Mm-hmm. But once again, it, it's matching their intensity right start of the game, um, and and you know, not giving them, an, you know, not giving them open looks, and and you know, ex, you know, ex, exposing them. So uh, it'll be exciting to see. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. No, so am I, and we'll we'll know a lot more when we come back next week, Scott. So I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for joining us once again, and we'll talk again next week. Too easy, mate. Look forward to it. Okay, I'm back with Cody now on Hoop7's Basketball Hustle. Thank you to Scott once again for, for joining us and helping pick the Galen winner for, for this week and give his thoughts on what's happening in the world of the 36ers. We didn't talk much about Adelaide apart from Antonius Cleveland. Cody, um, they're precariously placed. They went 1-1 one one this week. They actually ended up going up the table because yeah. of the, the Phoenix and the Wildcats losing. But at 11-10, and 10, seven games to go. Ian Clark now settling in. Cleveland doing what we talked about him doing. Franks is a little bit hit and miss right now. DJ a bit hit and miss as well, coming off the bench. Kai Soto showing some better signs, yeah. except for pulling up oh, for, for airball three-pointers. But but I feel like he's probably getting a little bit better as well. Um, where, do you, where do you put the 36ers right now in the pecking order? Uh... Look, I, I think I think they'll squeak in. I think they will will make it. But uh, yeah, look, they're they're certainly a team that you wouldn't want to come up against mm. in this. No, um, they're very dangerous the playing yeah. game. But yeah, look, I, th- I think they've got the potential to make a real push for for the championship, um, especially with the addition of, of Ian Clark mm. and, and mm. the way Cleveland's playing now, and the fact that they've still been successful with with Franks. Not being the Franks that we mm. were used to at the end of last season no. with Brisbane, um, and DJ not being the same DJ, and obviously him coming off the bench is is um, a bit obviously a different look for him, and he's not too used to that. No, um, he's also used to getting the ball a, a heck of a lot <laughs> yes, more. Yes, um, and look, we're still seeing McCarron almost scared to shoot mm. the ball a little bit, mm. um, but look, I think Kai Soto had a, had a really good game for the weekend. I think that. Pull up three. I think he just rushed. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I think he can probably knock that down. But yeah, yeah. I mean, bit of a rush of blood mm-hmm. and caught it and yep. jacked it up real quick. In fantasy, he just already thrown down two dunks, hit another shot in that quarter, and also yeah. a massive block on Barry Brown. So if he was ever going to be feeling it, yeah, yeah that was the time. Yeah, exactly. Just like I said, he just rushed it. <laughs> yep. So look, I, I think they've got a lot of room to grow, mm. which is scary for mm. the rest of the league, um, if if you ask me. And yeah, it's. Uh, Really interesting round. I think we saw Tassie in sixth lose and then move up two spots. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it was a really, really interesting round um, in terms of that. So, look, I, I think I think they'll probably slot into that fourth fourth spot. I reckon that's where they'll end up mm. finishing. All right, before we get to our preview, two teams have to miss out out of that out of that mix. So, I think we agree that the top three is locked in. Yeah. So, if it's the Jack Jumpers, the Thirty Sixers, the Phoenix, the Wildcats, United, which two teams don't make it? Look, I think I think Melbourne don't make it. Mm-hmm. They've got less games to play. Or yep. Them and South East have less games to play. They've only got five games to go. They do. They do. So, look, their seasons are a bit more on a tightrope. Look, I think I think Melbourne definitely misses out. I, I reckon they'll probably drop one, um, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And, again, I think it's a tough one because I think South East Melbourne's been really good 
for the majority of the season, but when they've been healthy. Yeah. I, I just think they're missing too many bodies. Mm. And I reckon you'll see Perth sneak up in front of them mm-hmm. um, towards the end of the season. Um, and no teams from Victoria in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I think that's how it will end up. Perth's got three more games in hand. Um, as long as they, <laughs> they can get, get a few <laughs> yeah. wins in those three games. Um, but, yeah, look, I, I think that's how it will finish. A lot of home games in that too. They've yeah. still got... Yeah, they've got six of eight at home still to go, the Wildcats. Not that it's been a happy no, stopping ground no. for them too much this year. But, um, yeah, look, uh, I, I just think Southeast is missing too many players. Yeah. All right, Cody, let's get stuck into round 15. So we've only got four rounds to go of the season. It started on Tuesday night. We won't talk about that too much because... We're recording before those games happen, but by the time most people are listening, they would have happened. So yeah. the Hawks and the Jack Jumpers and the Wildcats and the Breakers. So most people would know what happened in those games by now. So let's get straight to Wednesday night. Probably the worst performing team right now against the best. Yeah. So the Brisbane Bullets at home to the Sydney Kings. I don't think you'd be brave enough to tip the Bullets, Cody, no. but will we see a better performance from them? Look, I, I think we will. I, I think we'll see at least a bit more fight from this this mm. game. Um, at least I hope so. Mm. But uh, look, the way Sydney's playing, you know, their second unit could probably almost get it done. Mm. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I think uh, I think Sydney get that fairly handily, but hopefully Brizzy can show out a little bit more. If Brisbane don't turn up to play and Sydney take this seriously, what sort of a margin could we potentially see? What's the, what's the maximum points that Sydney oh, could score if they're on fire? Oh, a lot. It's, it's scary <laughs> to think about. Um, so they put up 118 last week against the Phoenix. Could they could they beat that? Yeah, I think they could. If, if they were firing on all cylinders and, and Brizzy didn't come out and, and play properly, I think mm. they definitely could. Um, yeah, because they're, uh, they're very potent on, uh, on yes. offense. And tough to score against as yeah. well, which isn't great for the Bullets. Um, two games on Thursday night. Um, Season-defining games as well. All four of these teams Huge. in the playoff mix. So it begins in... In Christchurch, so not only do the Breakers have to play in Perth on Tuesday night and then get back home, they don't even get to go back home. They have to fly all the way to Christchurch to play. So I would imagine Melbourne United will be well and truly there waiting for them before the Breakers even get there. But a huge game. So the Breakers still need to keep winning to stay where they are in the top two. And Melbourne, like we talked about, can't afford to lose another game. No, they can't. And uh, it's, it's a tough one for New Zealand. Because, you know, they, they play the makeup game in, in Perth on the Tuesday. Like I said, they're going to have to catch a red eye in mm. Melbourne and then on to Christchurch. Yeah. That's that's a lot. And mm. then having to play that next night. So, look, I, I think I think Melbourne get that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, we haven't seen New Zealand fall over for anyone this year. So, mm. it, it'll, be, uh, it'll be a tough one. But I, I do think Melbourne do snag that one. Melbourne are playing well. I yeah. mean, they're a much better team than 11 and 12 suggests. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that was because of their slow start. But over the last probably month or six weeks, they've been... I mean, I think their basketball has them in the mix to be one, one of the top four teams. Mm-hmm. They, they're, they're playing that well. But how much different is it for them if Isaac Humphreys isn't, isn't healthy? Well, I was just going to say, between Humphreys and Barlow, mm. that's two big bodies to bang with the bigs of New yeah. Zealand that uh, have proven to be a handful for yeah. full rostered teams. That's a lot of pressure on Marcus Lee to, to stand up and stay out of foul well, trouble. Well, that is. And Marcus Lee isn't a big physical player. Mm, no. um, he uses his length and his athleticism yeah. more than his physicality. Sure. So, look, that's that's massive. And I think... New Zealand will probably take advantage of that. Um, so it's, it's, it's going to be tough. The, mm. the bigs coming in, Peatling, they're mm. going to have to stay out of foul trouble mm. but also be able to 
to, to bang with the big boys down low. Yep, definitely. It's going to be a fascinating way to start Thursday, and so will the second game. So we're back in Hobart. The Tasmania Jack Jumpers and the Adelaide 36ers. We'll have to wait and see, but I'm not sure if there's room in the top six for both of them. So mm. every time they play each other, it's almost like an elimination game in some ways. But, gee, both both teams coming off losses as well. Um, gee, this is a, a big one. It's huge, and they're both sitting on 11 and 10. Yeah. Um, so, look, massive ramifications on this one. Um, I think that look, it, it's a bit of a, a toss of the coin because we, we've mm. seen Tassie have Adelaide's number early yes. in the season. Um but, well, they destroyed them in that yeah, first game. I absolutely yeah. destroyed them. But look, it's a different Adelaide team now. Mm. Um, I think that they're starting to click a bit more. They're they're not really getting out in transition as much as they'd like to. But that's mm. because defensively they're still not mm. probably up to par yet. Yep. But look, like I, like I said um, in the previous segment, I think they've got the most room for improvement for sure. Um, so look, I think the way they're playing, I reckon they just get up. Um, but I think it's going to be a bit of a dogfight that mm. one. I think it just depends on the style of game. If it's, yeah. if I guess if either team gets beyond eighty, then it, it's in Adelaide's favour. But yes. if Adelaide, if Tasmania can drag them down and make it a, a physical sort of defensive fest, then that suits a jack jumper. So Very I guess so. it just depends who can control the tempo. Mm-hmm. Friday night, Cairns Taipans. So that we refresh a little bit. So five days in between after those four games in eight days. I think they expect Keanu Pinder to be back for this, which yep. is horrible news for the Illawarra Hawks, yes, who will be with their loan import, Tyler Harvey. Um, but they just keep fighting. I mean, do you give the Hawks any chance? Uh, yeah, look, I, I definitely give them a chance mm. because they've proven that they can stick with teams, um, mm. even with their lower numbers now. But look, I, I think Cairns right now, like we mentioned, are just they're, they're playing some really good basketball. And then mm. you insert an MVP candidate mm-hmm. in Keanu and... Look, while that will be a little disruptive to how they've played these last four games, oh, I think he'll fit in fairly seamlessly. Mm. Um, the guy, I'd, I'd be very shocked if he wasn't in the lineup. Mm. Um, put mm. it that way. But uh, yeah, look, it's uh, it's not great for the Hawks, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, I think Cairns get it done. Two more games on Saturday. Um, Brisbane Bullets at home again, um, hosting Melbourne United. So Melbourne, the short turnaround to come back from Christchurch and head up to Brisbane. Mm. Um, but again, they just need to find a way to, to keep winning. And a lot, I guess, will depend on how they went in Christchurch. But what do you think will happen in this one? Yeah, another tough one. Tough mm. turnaround um, and a danger game for them, I think, um, turning around in, into Brisbane um, after playing New Zealand. But look, uh, Brizzy, Brizzy obviously play again. Uh, is it the same night that they play? They play firstly on Wednesday, okay? yeah, but yeah. They, they stay at home, so yeah, at least yeah, they don't yeah. have so to travel. They don't have to travel, but they, they still play. Yep. Um, but no, look, I, I think the way Melbourne's playing right now, I, I do think they, they get that one and, and keep their season alive. Second up, unless the weather intervenes, open air game at mm. RSC Arena for the first time. Cody and it's the two two arch rivals. They're both fighting for a playoff spot, so the stakes couldn't, couldn't be higher, um, as they always seem to be when these two teams play. So we've got the Wildcats and the 36ers. Yep, one of the one of the famous rivalries of mm-hmm. the uh, of the NBL, and I mean one I've watched plenty of. Mm-hmm. So look, I think that uh, look, hopefully it is an open air game, and the, and the weather holds mm. up. Um, it's always a pretty cool spectacle for the fans. Yeah. Not so much the players; it's kind no. of a whatever thing for <laughs> yeah. the players. Yeah. Um, it's cool to go out and warm up and see mm-hmm. it open, but other than that, you just concentrate on the game. Do we get as many? Shots from above the building of RSA Arena, oh as we saw of John Kane Arena Probably. a couple of weeks ago. Probably. <laughs> um, but look, I think um, 
I think this will be a heck of a game. Mm. I think it'll be a heck of a game. But All three games between them this season have been, haven't they? They have. They have. And they always are. It mm. doesn't matter how good each team is. They're always a good game. Um, but, man, this is, uh, again, just huge ramifications on this game. Um, look, I think... Jeez. Uh, it's a toss of the coin, it, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. And I, I'm not really sure. I, th- I reckon... I think Perth get this one. Mm-hmm. I think Perth get that one. And, uh, yeah, kind of find their way into that six yep, yep. all of a sudden. Two more games on Sunday, and it starts with a with a cracker. <laughs> so New Zealand Breakers, they finally get back to Auckland. So they get back to Spark Arena to play the Cairns Taipans, who, you know, short turnaround again, coming off Friday night at home to the Hawks. Um, but again... Um, these two teams fighting over that second spot. Um, like we talked about earlier in the show, that guarantees you a semi-final spot. So yeah. second position is more important than ever this season. Um, this game could could determine it. It really could. I think that um, this would be a really good game and I think this is the one time that New Zealand will want to slow the game down a bit. Yeah. Um, third game in five days. Uh, you know, Obviously, Cairns coming off a, a doubleheader as well, mm-hmm. but... Not as much travel no. as, as the New Zealand breakers have done. So, look, I think, you know, obviously Cairns are very dangerous when they're out and running, and mm. that stems from their defence, which they're really good at. Um, oh, again, it's a it's a flip of the coin, but I think that New Zealand get that one done mm. and, and stay in that second spot. If they do, do you think that guarantees them a top two spot just about? I think it, yeah, pretty much solidifies that second mm. spot for them. Second up on Sunday... Freeway series clash. The Sydney Kings against the Illawarra Hawks. Big ass for the Hawks again. But again, I'd be surprised if it's a blowout. I think they'll still put up a fight. Yeah, uh, another another rivalry that no matter the teams always seems mm. to be a good contest and, yep. and fun to watch. So, look, I, I think the Kings obviously get this one done, but the Hawks will certainly put up a fight. And the round ends on Monday night. Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, after a pretty hectic schedule, they wouldn't have played for eight days by the t- time they host the Brisbane Bullets. So again, the Bullets, their third game um, in pretty quick succession. So they're, those tired and and battled bodies of especially Serbian Baines will be feeling it by this one, you would think, on Monday night. But crucial game for the Phoenix. They, depending on other results, they could have even slipped out of the, out of the six yeah. by the time this game is played. Must win game. Absolute must win. And look, I think with that bit of a break, hopefully they get some bodies back. Mm. Hopefully. Um, look, I, I think they get it done, but... Uh, Brizzy can play the upset uh, team as well as Illawarra. So look, it, it, it all depends on, on the attitude Brisbane comes out with. But I, I do think that uh, the Phoenix get this one done. All right, Cody. It's been another big show. Plenty to talk about. We never have any shortage of being able to fill up an hour very mm, quickly on this yeah. show. It's a, a lot of fun breaking it down with you. Um, before I let you go, though, we talked a lot about the Webster brothers. Um, as the son of somebody that was part of a pretty famous brother combination of mm. the Perth Wildcats. What do you think it means to be able to play with your brother and how special would it be for the Webster brothers to be playing at the Wildcats knowing how special it was for the, yeah. the Ellis brothers? Oh, very special. You know, it's it's um, it's something that not a whole lot of people get the opportunity to do. Mm. Um, you know, playing with your brother, let alone at the professional level. Mm. Um, Dad got to play with two of his brothers in mm-hmm. Brett and Glenn. Yep. Um, and look, I, I'm sure, you know, a big draw card for Ty was obviously Corey being mm. here. I'm sure Corey was, was pushing mm-hmm. um, once Ty got released mm. or I'm sure Ty knew he was getting released mm. probably before it happened. Yep. So I'm, I'm sure Corey was in the year and 
Look, I think they bounce off each other well. Um, so, look, it, it would be very special for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they were able to play for their home team mm-hmm. um, for a while. So, look, they're, they're, they're used to playing with each other mm-hmm. and th- they'd be loving it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be, uh, be interesting to see how they go for the, for the rest of the season and, and on to next year. And it even got your dad in also bred on TV last yeah, week too. Thanks to Lockie. Yeah, a little convo with Lockie. I, I think that uh, uh, it, it was obviously very special for those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to play with each other, and I think they won a couple championships together. So always very special, and I'm sure the Websters uh, feel the same way. Yep, absolutely. All right, Cody, let's wrap it up for this week. Thank you for for joining us. Thank you for everyone for listening. Thank you to Hoop7 for making it possible. I'll sign off, and what are you most excited about seeing this week, Cody? The shift in the ladder. Mm. I think it's going to look completely different uh, next time we talk, man. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting round.